Well, hello and good morning, Liberty Church. How is the church family this morning? Hope y'all had a good weekend. Happy Sunday. I hope y'all had great holidays, a great Christmas, and a great New Year's. This is our first service in our brand new year of 2020. So uh, I'm just really, I'm excited uh, for this next year coming. We, we announced to the church last week that we're expecting a baby. So not only is that going to happen this year, but I'm just excited uh, for just so much that God is, is doing in and through us and through this church. And so thank you all so much for just coming week in and week out uh, and being a part of, of a family. Amen. And so thank you so much. And, and I'm really uh, fired up and excited about this message. So today, this year, we're kicking off a new message, a series titled Transformed. And so this message is really going to tie in so great with our fast that we're doing. That we're kicking off tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, Pastor Jessica did such a great job last week of teaching and preaching why it is we do that and helping us define that. So I hope you've done that this week. I hope you've prayed and met with him uh, and figured out what it is you're going to pray and fast from and what it is you're going to pray and fast for. You know, it makes no good if you just abstain from things. You know, as we're abstaining, we need to be praying and believing for something for God to do for us. And so if you didn't define that, write that thing out, what it is you're going to uh, fast from and what you're fasting and praying for, you still have a little time to go home and do that today. Me and uh, um, my wife, we're going to sit down today, later tonight. We've already talked about them and wrote them separately on our phones, but we're going to write it out on paper and we're going to put it on the fridge. And it's going to be there for us to see and look at every day and to help keep us accountable as we go through this. So I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Write it out if you haven't. Have it somewhere if it's in your car, somewhere that you can see it so that the Holy Spirit can keep us accountable. Amen? So we, we, can, we can do this. And I hope you've challenged yourself, and I hope you've, you've also set yourself up for success. You know, you can do both. Because we don't want you to do it too hard to come out of, I'm going to do, not do this and this and this and this. Uh, we want you to be set up for success. So I really hope you've, you've prayed about it and, and figured out what it is you're going to pray and fast for. And this message is really going to tie into what God wants to do, do through us as we, as we pray, fast, and give. Because when we, when we pray and we fast and we give, not only do we reconnect with him and his heart, but he begins to change us, shape us, and mold us, and transform us. Does anybody want to be transformed this year? I need some transformation. I'm so glad that, that Ian looks nothing like Ian looked last year at this time. <laughs> Anybody else? I'm sure a lot of you can raise your hands and say, I'm so glad I look nothing like I did last year. And here's the good news. Next year, you're going to look nothing like you do right now. Because living for him is a constant process. It's a constant relationship. He, he molds us, he shapes us, he transforms us. Amen. So before we start and jump in, I have a couple questions for us that I want you to ask yourselves. And there's no right or wrong answer to these questions, and there's multiple answers really. And you're probably going to know some of the answers because we have some smart people in here. But I really want you to have this question in the forefront of your mind as we go through this message today and to have it for yourself as you are seeking his face every day for the next 21 days and really praying and asking God, what is it? Uh, that, I'm, that, I, that I'm, I, I'm fasting and praying for. So the first question is, how are we, how are we transformed into, into the image and likeness of Christ? 
I know that's a pretty general question. There's a lot of different ways that he transforms us through his word, through, his, through, through teaching and preaching and messages and things that we, we, we listen to, uh, podcasts, all these things, relationships with other people. But the thing that you, that you need transformation in in your life, that area in your life as we kick off this fast, kick off this new year, what is it? How is God going to transform that area, that thing in your life, into the image of Christ? Because only you can answer that question. What is it going to take? And so the second part uh, of this question ties into your answer is, what part do we play in the process? What part do I play to, my, to the answer of my prayer, to the breakthrough that I need, to the, to, the, to the freedom, to the liberty of my life, to the transformation to take place. What part do I play? Y'all know we play a part. You play a part in your own uh, deliverance, in your own freedom, in your own faith. Ten out of ten times, it's going to be patience. <laughs> you know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. You need patience to live for Him. Uh, and you need faith to live for Him. And so I need you to, to have those questions in, in the forefront of your mind as we go through this, to have an answer to those questions. God, how are you going to transform this area of my life? And what part do I play? What responsibilities do I have to partner with you, God, as I go through this? And then let's look at that, that first point on our outline this morning. I, I love this. Because the, the, the way of the world is so backwards. And if you're not connected to Christ, we just walk around with the blinders on and the earplugs stuck in our ears. So, so we need more than just resolutions, church. We need transformation. Say transformation. The best version of you is Jesus in you. God is in transformation business. He doesn't want to just, just pick us up, clean us up, dust us off, make us feel better. Those things happen. But the thing, the thing is, uh, you know, th there's th a start of a new year is a great feeling. It's like we have a, a clean slate, right? Anything's possible. May maybe I had a, a great year last year, but maybe I had a messed up year, and I really do need a, a fresh start. And so we get, we get fired up and charged up in our, in our flesh. And, and we'll make up like good goals and we'll have uh, good ideas. We said a couple weeks ago, though, we don't need just good ideas. We need God ideas. Because God ideas can change not only your life, it can change the world. But, and so a lot of our resolutions do just that. They come from our flesh to help satisfy my flesh. And so resolutions and goals, good ideas, not God ideas, really what they do is they just do that. They clean us up. They dust us off. They make me look better. Uh, we, we ask for shallow prayers, things like, if, if I just looked better, if I had the right haircut, if I had the right car, if I was in the right relationship, if I had uh, the stuff that I need, I would just be happier. And that's why we're so addicted to things like social media and Facebook and Instagram and all these things. Because isn't that exactly what we can do on those types of platforms? I can control the image of who I am. 
I can clean myself up and dust myself off and make my life appear to be very happy and have all the things that I need, but really on the inside, I have no joy. I have no peace. And the thing is, we sell ourselves short because it's so sad. A lot of us would sell, sell out to have those, those material things and we'll wind up just as frustrated at the end when God wants to transform you from the inside. And if, if he could just give you the freedom and the, and the joy and the peace that you need for that breakthrough to take place in your life, you would just skyrocket to this new place. And then in turn, when you, when you get there, when you follow him, allow him to lead you, then you get all the other stuff that comes with it. The stuff that you want and need. And, and it's okay to have that, those desires to, to want stuff. I get it. But if it's about the stuff and not him, we've got to check our hearts. And so resolutions, goals, they're just going to change the outside. Your transformation is an inside job. Tell your neighbor if you got one, say, hey, your transformation is an inside job. If you can transform yourself under your own power, your, your own control, your own authority, if you can change your profile picture with just the right filter, you don't need God's transformation in your life. Only God can transform you from the inside out. Let's read John 3, 3 through 7. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see. Everybody say see. see. The kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So in order for transformation to truly take place in our lives, it has to start somewhere. And so it has to start with us being born again, being saved, accepting Christ into our life. And, and I think and hope and pray most of us have already done that, uh, are in that place where we've been born again, accepted him into our lives. And if you haven't, man, I got good news for you. There'll be an opportunity today, I promise you, for you to do that. But that's where it has to to start, and Jesus is, is speaking and meeting with Nicodemus in the scripture, and Nicodemus can't see or relate to what Jesus is saying and teaching and preaching because he's not seeing Jesus and hearing Jesus with his spiritual eyes and his spiritual heart and his spiritual mind. He's seeing and hearing Jesus with his flesh. And what can you do for me, Jesus. As opposed to this, Jesus, I want to know you. What are you really saying? And he can't recognize what Jesus is saying. And Jesus is saying, he's saying, no, you, no one can go do that. Go be, go be actually born again in, in their mother's womb. You need to be born again by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God. So we truly can't see the kingdom of God until we are born of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom 
of God. Now verse 7, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And so we have, we have to constantly, after we're born again, do you know that your transformation uh, doesn't take place at salvation? Salvation is good and transformation takes place, but transformation, transformation starts at salvation. <laughs> he is going to constantly transform us from glory to glory. Uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day, he continually changes us. And so, do you know you can't be a part of a kingdom that you're not born from? To be a citizen of heaven... You've got to be a born of heaven. You've got to be born of Jesus to be a citizen of heaven. And so that's where it has to start. And the transformation is, is a process, is a thing of faith that we have to cultivate. And that's it's so important on why this, this fast of praying and giving and fasting is going to really help us. Because what happens is a lot of us, we, we get saved. And it's an amazing experience. But, and we start living for God. And we might stay fired up for seasons. We go up and down. And what happens is our, our relationship with God can grow stale sometimes. And this fast, it's going to literally shock us back to life. It's going to bring us back into remembrance of who God is and what he's done for us. So that he can continue to transform us. I mean, let's read 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17. Y'all know this scripture. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things, say all things, have become new. And so, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're entering into a new year. And so if you want to lay some things down and declare this promise over your life that they can become brand new, fresh brand new, not hand-me-downs, an area of your life God can fully restore, redeem, set free, bring healing and wholeness and life, you can do that through Jesus. Jesus can do it through you. All things have become new. Do you know that... The, the God that, that we serve, our Father, He brings dead things to life. He literally, if you read the Gospels, He brought Lazarus, from, a dead man from, uh, from death to life. Talk about transformation. <laughs> Jesus Himself, uh, uh, the one who we believe and confess in, the Savior of the world, defeated and conquered death after He was crucified. He rose again. God wants to, through, through us, through you, through this fast, he wants to bring spiritually dead men and women, children of God, who are at that stale place in the relationship with him. He wants to bring spiritually dead Christians to life. Back to life. He's not mad at you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. It's our fault that we've maybe gotten this way. And he wants to resensitize us, recharge us, fill us up so that we can be pressed down, running over, shaking together, pouring out ourselves 
from heaven. And so through this fast, I know and I pray and I believe that that's going to happen. And I see it every year. After 21 days, some great things begin to happen and change in the hearts and and lives of men and women. And some some healthy habits begin to take place. And just because 21 days is up, people stick with some of this stuff that they've been doing and praying and fasting. Because God frees them. He delivers them. He brings them to a new place. And here's the thing about, about transformation and our relationship with God and, and, and why we need Him. I need and want God in my life because, you know what? He can see the things in my life that I can't. Y'all know that, that we have blind spots? You have some blind spots in your life, and I have some blind spots in my life that I can't see. <laughs> and you can't see them either. Other people might can see them. And, 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 and God's like, if we could just, if we could, if we could get the Holy Spirit in that area of your life, in that area of your heart, in that area of your mind, in that struggle, you will experience life, life abundant, poured out, freedom, deliverance, breakthrough. And so that's why, that's why we, well, that's why we need Him more and more in our lives. Why we have to 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 live for Him and seek Him out more and more every day. And so. Uh, I really believe uh, that we are transformed in, in, in three easy, practical ways. They're not going to be like super ding, ding, ding. You're going to be like, oh, I already know that. Nine times out of ten, we already know what God is calling us to do. But I want to share them with you through this next point because I feel like these are the three things that we need to narrow down. We need to, we need to pin down through this fast and pass the fast for your relationship to flourish and grow and, and blossom your relationship with Christ. And so it's, it's, it's going to be these three things. And before I share them with you, I want to share what the Holy Spirit shared with me in my quiet time. Because he spoke and he spoke pretty clear. Does anybody love it when you hear the voice of God in a very clear, real way? And it's just like, that's so good. Couldn't have came from Ian. As a preacher who <laughs> preaches and teaches every week, I'm so excited when the Holy Spirit speaks. And so, the Holy Spirit shared with me, you know, transformation is great. But I felt the Holy Spirit said, the goal of this message, the goal of this series, the goal of this fast is not transformation. It's intimacy with Him. Because we get excited and fired up and charged up and, and ready. When you, see, when you see the new series and the title of the message and the media team such, does such a great job of putting cool slides up there, and you're like, oh, transformation. Yeah, come on, Jesus. I'm ready to be transformed. Because transformation, the promises of God, are awesome and exciting. But if we're chasing the promises and what God and the transformation, we'll miss the fact that he's calling us into an intimate relationship with him. And if we would just draw nearer to him, the transformation will supernaturally just happen in your life. If you're chasing him for what he's going to give you, come on. Anybody hear what I'm saying? You're going to miss the transformation he wants to do in and through you. Now, the promises of God, which we taught just a couple weeks ago, are awesome. They help sustain us through the promise. So you've got to transplant those promises of what he said in your heart to keep it for a rainy day. Because when it does get tough, 
If you don't have that promise transplanted in your heart, you might lose sight of him. But if you're meeting with him, you want to get to know him because you love him and you just want to spend time with him, you can't help but be transformed. That'll just supernaturally, naturally happen. And so that's what the Holy Spirit told me to share with us this morning, that that's what this message is about. If you, if you wholeheartedly give your life to him, uh, pray and fast and give during this fast and on past for the rest of the days of your life, the, promise of God, the promises of God in your life are yes and amen. And transformation can take place. Let's look at that next point. So here's the three things. So we're transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus through the revelation of Christ, the renewing of our minds, and the crucifying of our flesh. So they're not like real ding-ding answers. Oh, I know we got a lot of smart people in here. You probably knew, the, knew in some way what the answers maybe could have been. But these three things, they directly relate to why we're fasting and how we're called to fast and really have a, a lifestyle of praying, fasting, and giving. And so it has to start with the revelation of Christ, as we just shared at the top of this. You can't, you can't uh, see the kingdom of God without being first born of the kingdom of God. And as, as you get born again and you begin to, to allow Christ to lead you in your life, man, you begin to, to, to love him in a deeper way. You begin to know him in a deeper way and he begins to reveal himself to you in all sorts of ways that you've never saw or thought or think. He's the same, but he meets you right where you're at. And no matter what season you're in, if you're a new believer, if you've been following him for a while, if you've been following him for 60 years, he continues to reveal himself in a new way. So we have to do that to be transformed on a daily basis. We have to continually uh, have the revelation of Christ and who he is in my life and in my heart. The revelation, uh, of the renewing, I'm sorry, of our minds. Now this is a con- got to be a constant one that we do day in and day out. We renew our minds by reading his word. We have to wash our minds with the word of God. What does God say about my life? What does God say about the situation? What does God say that I am, who that I am? And so that's how we continually renew our minds. And if you don't do that, you're going to find yourself stuck in that stinking thinking place. It's only the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God that can, that can change your mind. He changes your mind by changing your heart. And you begin to see differently and hear differently. And so here's the thing, though. I feel like as a church, as Christians, as believers, as children of God, we do these two things pretty good. We revisit who Christ is in our life on a regular basis. We're thankful. We share, we share the gospel. We share what God's doing in our lives. We, we renew our minds with his word. But here's the thing. The third thing is the thing that we don't do. We don't crucify our flesh. You want to know why we don't crucify our flesh? Because it's painful. <laughs> Crucifying my flesh is painful. Paul said, I carry my cross daily, meaning I crucify my flesh daily. And to be transformed, we have to do all three of these things. And this is why the, 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 the fast is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to resensitize you. It's going to help you remember why I have to live a life of sacrifice, why I have to live a life of crucifying my flesh daily. Because when you deny your flesh the things that it likes, mine, one of mine's going to be sweets and TV and chips. I love chips. And energy drinks, I like those. 
When I tell Ian that I'm not going to do these things for 21 days, you know what Ian does? Oh, Lord. But when we do those things, we press into God that much more. It reminds us that he's done it for us so he can do it through us as we, as we fast for him. And when we do that, we, we remind ourselves, remind our flesh who's in charge. Ian's no longer in charge. King Jesus is in charge. And I'm doing this for him so that I can know him more, so that I can grow more, so that I can be stronger. You know what? Maybe some of this stuff is unhealthy habits that God wants to draw the impurities out of me. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. So as we study these three things, the, the, the revelation of Jesus, who he is, the renewing of our minds, and the crucifying our flesh for the next three or four weeks for this series, we're, we're going to look at and we have to embrace the part that we play in the process for our transformation to take place. That was the, the second question. So I hope the Holy Spirit's going to reveal that to you. What part do I play, God? What role do I play in me seeing this transformation fully take place in my life? And do you know, if, if you don't go ahead and just embrace it, even if it hurts, if you know what it is, that maybe you are supposed to give up smoking, like permanently, not just for 21 days, or if you are supposed to give up a TV, or you are supposed to give up whatever it is, if you don't embrace the part of your process, then you're actually stiff-arming God. You're saying, God, no, God, I'm not ready. And you can keep doing that, but you never know. It might take you farther and deeper than you ever thought. So why not embrace it? We're starting this fast. Let's, let's do it. Let's be all in. Amen? Let's read Colossians 1, 25 through 29. It says, God has given me uh, the responsibility, say responsibility, of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. So part of, part of embracing our responsibility, part of embracing our part that we play in the process is uh, having the responsibility of serving the church and proclaiming God's goodness and what he's done. Amen. Verse 26, the message uh, was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. So that's part of embracing the role that we pray is ex ex seeing and uh, accepting the responsibility of what Christ is, who he is, uh, what God really did through him as a gift for us, that he lives inside of us, that that's actually the secret and the key, that the glory and the glory and the glory of God that he has lives inside of you if you've accepted him, which I believe most of us have. And so we have to, 
We have to continually uh, see that, recognize that, tap into that. And it's, it's also part of our responsibility to present that and share that to the world. To the world. When you share your story, do you know you showcase the glory of God? When you share your story, you showcase the glory of God to the world. What he's done in your life. God gets the glory. And here's the thing. You know, it's a lot easier to accept that responsibility. It's a lot easier to share Christ to the world when he's alive inside of you. If you're spiritually dead, if you're spiritually stale, it's a lot harder to showcase the glory of God to the world. Because if he's not alive inside of you, you're going to struggle trying to explain to the world who God is, what he's done in your life. Because if, if, if you know who he is, what he's done, if he's your Lord and your Savior, man, people are going to come to you. They're going to see something different in your life. They're going to say, man, the glory of God, the evidence of God and who he is is, 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 is evident in this person. It's all over them. If we know him, if we truly know him, we look like him. If we, if we truly know him, we'll look like him. And we begin to know him greater and better in a deeper way when we really connect with the sacrifice of who Jesus is and what he's done. When I begin to, to not just uh, know who Jesus is with my mind and my spirit and, and know what Jesus says and renew my mind with his word, when I connect by crucifying my flesh with the sacrifice that Jesus has made, I begin to know him better. I begin to know him deeper. And I'll begin to look like him more. And people will see and know that much more. It's through the sacrifice, through the crucifying of our flesh, that we begin to know him in a greater, stronger way. And, and, and God the Father, Jesus you know what he needs more than ever? He don't really need anything, but what he would love to see happen, that he would have his sons and daughters, believers of the faith, be sold out for Christ. I'm talking sold all the way out. I'm talking your ride or die. Is Jesus, does, I know I'm speaking some new age lingo, ride, ride or die. Let me go, go back a little bit, explain what a ride or die is. My wife is my ride or die. No matter what happens, when it gets tough, we're riding together or we're going down together. We're doing it together. When things are going great, man, we're going we're gonna to praise him and we're going to love the moment. We're going to enjoy the season. We're going we're gonna to ride good. She's my ride or die. I have some friends that are my ride or dies. I got your back. I know they got my back. You know, Jesus has your back because he demonstrated it on the cross. And he would love nothing more for you to be sold out so much that he's your ride or die. So much so that when you get on day five or six of your fast and your flesh is squealing and crying and complaining and murmuring and 
Woe is me, and how am I going to do this? is so hard, God. I can't eat, I can't eat chicken. It's so hard. <laughs> Jesus hung naked on a cross. And when you see that and remember that, it makes you draw nearer to him. God, I can do this. Why am I complaining? Why am I crying, God? He needs you to be sold out. He needs you to ride or die. Now, when it gets tough, you just say, okay, it's too hard. I give up. Because God wants to transform us. He wants to do something new in and through you, no matter what. No matter what. I can't help but think of, of Peter and Paul. You want to talk about some ride or dies? <laughs> when they killed Peter, he, he, he asked them to crucify him upside down. Because he, he said he felt too unworthy. You want to talk about a ride or die? He went all the way. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, Shackled chain for two-thirds of that, the time he wrote in prison for the, for, for the message of who Jesus was, who also died a pretty bad death. you got to be all in with Christ in the good times and the bad times because he was all in for me. He was all in for us. No matter what. Look at that next point. The secret to the riches and glory of God is Christ in us. It's Christ in us through the person of the Holy Spirit that reveals the riches and glories of God in our lives. And so most of the time we're just overlooking, taking for granted the fact that Christ lives inside of me. If I feel, feel spiritually dead, if I feel spiritually drained, if I feel spiritually stale, it's my fault. I'm not, I'm not seeing my responsibility. I'm not seeing my uh, role that I play in my relationship with God. Am I seeking that intimacy? Do I want to be with Him? Do I want to spend time with Him? Or is it because... Uh, other stuff. The secret, it says, to the riches and glory of God is Christ in us. When, when, we, when we remember that and we come back to a right standing, what can't we accomplish? What can't you do? When, when God, God sent his best, you hear me say it all the time, the best lives inside of you. The best that there ever was, that there ever is, ever going to be. You get, to, you get to sit with him and talk with him and, and read his word and meet with him every day. How much better does it get? You know, he, we can't be transformed without his riches and glory, without his spirit. He is, he is the vine, right? We're merely the branches that are connected to the lifeblood of who Christ is. Without Christ and the Holy Spirit, we're limited just to... to, 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 to information and the way that we see and receive the world like Nicodemus at the top of this message he was he, he, he was spiritually blind to the truth 
that God was, was trying to give him. Spirit, spiritually blind. And we can't conduct spiritual work without spiritual eyes, spiritual wake, spiritual ears, spiritual hearts, spiritual minds. We, we can't conduct these spiritual type things. You can't engage in spiritual warfare, which is a real thing that comes against uh, you and your life and your family. You can't come out on top of that in victory if you're fighting that thing in, in a fleshly way. If you're seeing people, the, the spirit that's within that person that is coming against you as the enemy and not the spirit inside of that person, you're going to fight and fight and fight and be worn out. You can only see that and know that through the revelation of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then when you know who your enemy is and what you're fighting against, now I can pray. Now I can fast. Now I can believe. And now I can come out on top. And guess what? I feel better. And God has transformed me from glory to glory. Jesus is enough. Do you know that he's enough? So don't forget that he's alive inside of you if you've accepted him. Let's read uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 18. This is a, a big chunk of scripture. Uh, so for time's sake here, I'm going to skip down to verse 11, Chris. Y'all have that, that scripture on your outline, or if you're following along on your phone also. Uh, so go, go back and read it, uh, either later today or in your quiet time or, or whenever. Go ahead and read it. Uh, but in verse 11 it says, So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? So Paul is talking here, referencing those scriptures before that, talking about the old covenant, the, the old way, the old, the old way of the law. And what Jesus has ushered in. And he says, you know, the, the old way was glorious. It was perfect. It was great. It was God's perfect plan. Uh, th this plan is even more glorious than that glorious plan. And he says, uh, at verse 12, So since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Say bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by the believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And here it is. Y'all know this. For the, Lord, uh, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So he's talking about this, 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 the old way and how it was glorious and how this new way is even more glorious. And if we, if we see that glory and what it means, that we can't help but hide what that means in our lives. Before in the old way, in the old covenant, in the old law, the, the, the priests, they, they, they only went to the Holy of Holies once a year. And there was a veil that separated the Holy of Holies, the, the, the presence and the indwelling presence of God 
uh, on earth was into the Holy of Holies, and they could only go in there through a veil. And when Jesus was crucified, that veil was literally ripped, torn from the top to the bottom. God's saying that there's a new covenant that's this done. My presence is freely given. It's freely given for you and the world, and for everyone to see. God says, come look and see what I have done. Let's go ahead and look at that, uh, that next point. And so we are transformed more and more into the image of Christ as we see him. We reflect what we see, and we become what we behold. So God freely gives Jesus so that everyone can see the glory so that we can freely give it, so that we can uh, reflect to the world that truth, that message of what God has done. And we're transformed into the image of him when we see him, when we see and revisit that truth and that reality of what has happened. The second part of that that, uh, uh, statement says, we reflect what we see and we become what we behold. That's so important uh, why this next 21 days is so important. Because it reminds us we see what he's done. It it transforms me. It transforms us. And if we we have a distorted view, if we are stale, if, if, if we're lackluster, a view of Christ, then that means my Christian life is distorted for the world to see. I'm reflecting a distorted uh, image of what I think God is in my life. Because I'm not seeing him for who he really is and what he's really done. And then the world suffers. My bubble, Ian's bubble suffers. The people that I love and care about, the people who are in contact with me. They don't see the joy. They don't see the glory. Because if if I haven't been doing my quiet time or if I haven't, I've been coming to church or going to small group or going to celebrate recovery. I find myself depleted. I find myself on edge. And so... People see me and say, say things like, oh, man, he says he's a Christian, but he don't act like one at all. That ain't Christ. You see him cussing? So the world gets a, a wrong reflected image of who God and Christ really is. If we're not doing this the way that, that God calls us to do it. We have to reflect what we reflect what we see and we become well, we behold the second part of that statement. If you think about it, it's really a lot like uh, the way we, we look up to people in our lives, people that we look up to that we really like, that we aspire to be like, or even our parents. If you had really great parents, you, you saw how they treated you and loved you and, and, and raised you and grew you up, and you said things like, man, I'm going to be just like them one day. They're such, they're, they did such a great job. And, and more than likely, you're going to grow up and do the same Thing because you, you see them in a certain way, you reflect them in a certain way, and you behold them in a certain way. We're supposed to do that same thing with our Father. God, you're my substance. God, you, you, you've blessed me even in my sin when I was messed up. You protected me. God, I love you. God, I'm, I'm all in. I'm your ride or die, God, because of what you've done in my life. Or maybe if your parents, they weren't all that great, and you hated it, they were never there for you, that it was tough, it was rough. You said things like, I'm never going to be like them. And guess what probably happened? You ended up like them. 
because you saw them, you reflected them, and you, because they are your parents, you still beheld them where they were supposed to be, good parents. And so if we beheld, behold God the way he's supposed to be, can we not help but be like him in his love, in his kindness, in his joy, in his peace, in his forgiveness? He forgives much, so we should forgive much. Can we go ahead and get uh, Haley? You can make your way. We got uh, one more point this morning. Let's go ahead on to that last point for us uh, this morning. <clears throat> so the image you see determines the life that you live. So what if we allow the Holy Spirit over the next 21 days to reconnect us, refine us, and refocus our hearts so that we could see more clearly. And that last part, intimacy brings clarity and revelation produces the transformation. So God, he, that's how he transforms us, by reconnecting us, by refining us, and refocusing us. But like the Holy Spirit gave me to share with us this morning, the goal is not transformation. The goal is the intimacy. The intimacy, and then the transformation takes place. I hope and pray that you're excited for this fast. If it's the first time you've ever done it, nothing to be nervous about. Really, uh, you still have time till 6 o'clock tonight to write that thing down, define it. But when you do it, the way that we're going to do it, we're going to seek Him with all that we got. I'm going to give them everything. Uh, there are going to be days that are easier, but there's going to be tough days too. And on them tough days, if you wrote that thing, you defined it, you gave that thing before the Lord, you, you heard the Lord speak that that's what you're supposed to do, you need to press into Him even more, even stronger. Do I really believe this thing, God, that you said? You got to be His ride or die. You got to be His ride or die. we go ahead and get the lights dimmed? I want to go ahead and just, just ask everybody to, to, uh, to just get to his presence. I want to challenge you as we're talking about intimacy. As we're entering into prayer and fasting and giving. When was the last time that you got so saturated in his presence? So saturated in his love and, and in, in, in the place of, of, of just feeling his, his presence and hearing him speak and just loving him and worshiping him and giving him everything that you had? When was the last time that you did that in such a strong, powerful way that you didn't even want to leave. You were doing it because you wanted to be with them. Because you love them. 
That's my prayer that this next 21 days that we do this not for transformation, that we do this for intimacy with him. Because here's what happens. A lot of times we get into our quiet times, into our prayer times, and we're just looking at the watch, looking at the clock, thinking, God, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm getting through this to mark a check off in my box. I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm thinking about all the stuff that I'm not doing and all the stuff that needs to get done. God wants to take us, take you into a place that is so intimate, that is so real, that is so tangible that you won't want to leave his feet. That's how real this is. That's how real your relationship with him can be. And that's my prayer that we enter into it as a church, that place. Maybe some of you are there right now. There's no better place. Before I get ready to close, I, as we've been teaching and, and talking and going through this today, if you're here visiting with us or maybe you've been coming or you're here and you're hearing me say all this stuff, it doesn't really register because you know that you're, you're not right with God. We talked about being born again at the top of this. And it's got to start there. You can't see the kingdom until you're born of the kingdom. We call it being saved or, or born again. It's, it's a coming to a place in your life where you say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done doing this my way. I can't do it my way anymore. Everything's gotten worse. I've tried everything but you, God, and I'm done. I'm, I want to be sold out. I want to be your ride or die, God, because you... You rode and died for me, so today it's going to change. Today, God, I'm going to accept your son. I accept your word, and I believe that you're true, and I believe that you're, you are who you say you are, and that I can be forgiven and redeemed and set free. And if that's you, I want to ask you to do something. Everyone's praying. I want to ask you to just stand up right now where you're at. It's something simple, but it might be one of the hardest things that you've ever done. I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. If God's that real and he's doing something that real in your life right now, you got to stand. You ask, why do I have to stand? I say, because God went to a cross, beaten, broken, crucified, hung naked on, on a cross for you. And if God is speaking in your life right now, the least you can do is stand for him in his house. Jesus said, if, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you in front of my father. That's another reason you have to stand. So if that's you, I'm going to give you a few more seconds. You can change your life. You can change your year right now. Amen.